Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hey, Simon. So mm-hmm. what are we... Wait, we didn't plan the cold open. What are we going to no. say? What do we... Do we plan it? No. This is the beauty of the cold open is that it's it's cold. Like, we don't come in warmed up. We just, you know... Oh. Riff, we try new things, we improv, we jazz, and then we just, you know, launch into this is another episode of For the Love of Sport. All right, welcome everyone to an all new episode of For the Love of Sport, brought to you by Sports Engine, the home of you sports. Simon? In terms of fun, I do have something fun. And we're going to try it for the first time. You ready for this? Yes. What we're going to do today is we are going to answer an email from a dear listener. Oh, I was like, that's not new. I answer email all the time. No, but from a dear listener, yes. We got an amazing, one of an amazing uh, emails that we get into our inbox. Uh, This is from Matt, a very dear listener of ours. And I think he has a a story that he Mm -hmm. sent in and just wanted to feel if the, he was not alone in this. Yes. He wanted to share in this youth sport experience. So, Simon, you want to maybe give our, our dear listeners the lowdown? Matt writes in. He says, hey, guys, long time, first time. Here's a story <laughs> from, the, from a girls U11 recreational field. My co-coach and I have been coaching a team of girls that have been together since first grade, where the players invite their friends, and eventually we had a team of between 17 and 19 players on any given Saturday. Our philosophy has always been to expose these girls to every position to see what they like. A few years ago, uh, we were playing, and the league didn't have any referees available, so some of the older siblings of our players volunteered. The team that we were playing that week always played their players in the same position with their best players at center mid and striker. They dominated from the start, and they were up six or seven when they started stealing our goal kicks inside the box. The volunteer refs asked them to stop, and the opposing coach stormed onto the field, holding his phone and loudly arguing that the rules had been changed to allow the tactic. When the refs, volunteers, remember, suggested it would be better for more of the kids to get a chance to play instead of his team stealing the goal kick and scoring on our rotating cast of kids playing keeper for the first time, he flipped and stalked over to us, holding out his phone saying, what are we even doing this for? My co-coach replied, to have fun. He said, no. So they learned the game. They learned the rules. When I told him calmly, but in no certain terms that he needed to go back to his sideline, he finally gave up. Boy. Um, In the words of Jamie Tart, boy. Oy. <laughs> that is that is a story. That is yeah. a story um, that I feel like is probably not very uncommon. Yeah. To some varying degree is my particular response to that. I feel like as well, being a past coach, anytime, first and foremost, that there's a really steep blowout, 
it is usually in best character and a best learning opportunity to take that and not just say, okay, let's just keep scoring and pounding and scoring and scoring and scoring. Yeah. Because as we all know, and we've talked to so many of our guests about, there's so much more to the success you can have in a sport versus mm-hmm. just the outcome, right? Yeah, so whenever we would be either winning or honestly, even if we were losing by a lot, we would take that as an opportunity to say, great, let's not even focus on the score anymore and scoring goals. What yeah. are there? What are things that we can work on? Passing, 100%. defense, positioning. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just talking in soccer, so I'm sure there's many other terms, but there are so many things that you can focus on that if a game score does get to that level, uh, but it also does take the respect from both coaches and parents and everyone to understand what's happening and be okay with that. And that doesn't seem like that necessarily was the case uh, in this instance for Matt. No. And I I mean, man, dear listener, thank you for sharing for sure. And Marie, you and I are one brain again on this. The immediate thing that came to mind for me was if you're up and you've got your best players just stealing a goal kick after a certain time, you have to turn up the difficulty like on yourself. Like that's just boring. That's not helpful. It's a missed opportunity from your point of view where you can like, okay, cool. I can put players in new positions just to try new tactics. I don't even have to do new positions. I can try a new formation we've been working on. I can ask them to just let the goal kick go for a second, steal it back. And then let's try corners or something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's lots of ways to attack that, but also you're doing a disservice to the other players in the field too. Like, what are you doing if you're a defender on the team that's just absolutely dominating? (laughs) Yeah. Are you having fun just standing in one position? Well, mm-hmm. the two best players of the field, like go and just steal a ball. Like at a certain point, if I'm the kid, I'm like, well, I'm not really having fun. And also I kind of feel bad. And if you're the keeper who's being rotated, like, you know, Matt said, then, you know, are you really looking forward to playing that position? Are you really looking forward to play in general? And I mean, worst case scenario, are you even looking forward to the next game? If this is what your experience is? Yeah. This is There's just so much yeah. content, so much awareness <laughs> that needs to be like stressed yeah. on from a strictly rule standpoint. Yeah, sure. and I can, res- I can right. respect, yeah, I can respect yeah, someone who likes to follow the rules. Like Monica Geller tells us, absolutely provide the structure which allow us to have the fun. That's right. It controls team, the fun. We are team. We understand there needs to be, it. you know, there rules, guardrails, all those things. But if this was done to like hit the go ahead goal, by all means, oh, charge, 100%. Like, pull, yeah, up, yeah, pull yeah. out the rule yeah. and be like, no, I'm allowed to do that. Yes, That's definitely. an acceptable reason. Definitely. Not when you're up. Not when yeah. you're up a considerable amount. That's just why yeah. <laughs> just just step back a little bit. Put Absolutely. other players in different positions. Try to your point. Just try something new. Absolutely. So well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Matt, for writing us in. Like we said, we would love to hear from more of our listeners. Uh, shout out, tell us, tell us an experience. And it doesn't have to be a bad one. Maybe it was a really great yeah. experience about Really great coaching, really great refereeing, awesome parents on the sidelines, an awesome display of teamwork on the field, whatever it whatever mm-hmm. it is in your case, we want to hear about it. We'd love to celebrate you live on the show. Speaking of providing fantastic youth sport experiences that what transcend just outcomes and scores, we have got a guest today who exemplifies that through her organization, the work Mm -hmm. they're doing. And our conversation with her was fantastic to learn more about Special Olympics as a whole and Special Olympics Colorado, which she is the CEO of. Um, We've got Megan Scremen coming at you live with an interview. So let's, let's cue the music and bring her in. Let's dive right in. 
All right, everyone, we are joined today by an amazing guest. We have Megan Scremen on the podcast with us today. She's the president and CEO of Special Olympics Colorado. Uh, she is responsible for leading an organization that serves more than 16,000 athletes. Uh, that's children and adults with intellectual disabilities, uh, giving them year-round opportunities to train and compete in over 21 sports. Uh, Special Olympics Colorado also partners with more than uh, 470 schools, reaching over 400,000 students. That is an insane number. That's awesome. Uh, through a unified sports and inclusive youth leadership programming. Uh, Scrumman's vision includes reaching more athletes, coaches, and families, growing the unified sports movement, improving health outcomes for people with ID, and empowering athletes to create a more inclusive society for all people. So with that, Megan, welcome to the For the Love of Sport podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. This is great. Excited to have you on. Can you tell us about your own youth sports journey, what you played growing up and if you had a yeah. favorite sport, if it was. Absolutely. So I loved sports growing up and even through college. So I started playing tennis. That was probably my main sport all the way through high school. And then also road crew and then discovered a love of rugby. So I played rugby wow. all through college and then a couple years after college, which was really fun in Kentucky where I went to college and then uh, played in Arizona for a few years and would travel all over. It was a ton of fun. Met wonderful friends and just love sport brings people together. So you went from being a wildcat to a sun devil, right? Sun devil. Yes. And so okay. when I was, I went to grad school in Arizona and actually didn't play rugby through ASU. I played through a women's league. So all cool. of us had graduated from college and were just playing. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I feel like rugby is definitely not like a typical youth sport, but even in the U.S. growing up, rugby is not like the first no. you know choice or option. How did no. you end up finding rugby as your passion? Like, how did, what did that look like? Yeah, it's funny. I It was not popular at all growing up. Really, I had not yeah. heard much of it until I was 10 or 11 and my babysitter played rugby. And so I'd heard of it and always thought it sounded cool. And so then years later, when I got to the University of Kentucky, they were starting a rugby team. So I was on the very first rugby, women's rugby team. They had a men's rugby team um, yeah. on the very first women's rugby team through University of Kentucky. And like I said, played there for four years. We would travel all around kind of to Ohio, Tennessee and play other schools there and then was able to continue when I moved to Arizona. That said, though, rugby is becoming more popular and there's a team, a local yeah. youth team wow. in Colorado, just outside of Denver. So you can start at age five. So I'm thinking of getting my daughter. What? I think she's got it. She's got a dinner. I can see a little <laughs> bit of a, a rugger lying in there. I was going to say, you might be in the top like 1% of tennis players who went to rugby. I don't think that's a common... I'm going to go point 0.5 on that. Yeah, point, yeah you I might be a, yeah, really not in, a common transition. In that for sure. Have you tried pickleball? I have. One and? time, because we're getting ready to introduce uh, pickleball as a sport here yeah. uh, at Special Olympics. Yeah, uh, awesome. And so I have tried it. I do enjoy it. It's funny. I was just on a panel and talking about the rise of pickleball and just trying to find a good way for tennis and pickleball to coexist, yeah. but I loved it. I thought mm -hmm. it was so much fun. I was playing unified pickleball alongside one of our athletes. And we can talk about this more, but something I love about special Olympics is we really 
empower our athletes or people with disabilities yeah. to move into leadership roles. And so this is an athlete. He is an older athlete and he has discovered a love of pickleball and is really bringing that to Special Olympics. And so That's he himself awesome. is spearheading bringing the sport to Special Olympics, helping us find coaches, getting more athletes involved in it. And so we did a demo and he and I got to play on a team and I won't name names, but we beat uh, we, who we were playing against. <laughs> so that was very satisfying. And of course, made me love the sport of pickleball. So yeah, we're working on piloting it um, as our next sport. I think that's amazing, especially considering that anything that's brought up to Special Olympics is just taken and can you can run with it, where it's just like, I'm passionate about this. There's never like, okay, well, we'll get like a committee together and we'll talk about it and we'll think about things like, no, let's go. Let's do it. Let's bring it on. Let's yeah. Let's, let's and we, learn on the fly. we will think a lot about it because we have 21 sports, as you said, mm -hmm. the introduction of another sport isn't something that we necessarily take lightly. All that we do is volunteer run. We rely on volunteer coaches. We rely on the use of facilities. We have competitions. So we're just coming off of our state summer games. And so the introduction of a new sport means that we need facilities, trained right. coaches, other people to compete against. We need to look at the season it takes place in because that might mean that athletes who were, we'll use tennis as an example, were playing tennis would maybe consider moving to pickleball, which would then impact the experience that our tennis athletes are having. Sure. So we take it very seriously, but if our athletes or anybody brings something to us, we'll absolutely look at it, encourage them to run with it and do everything we can to make it happen. I think that's refreshing yeah. to see. I, I think there could be a, a common, like, not common, but I think that we've all been, we've all seen and maybe had the experience of bringing something you're very excited about and then getting the, oh no, not at this time. So I, I, I commend you guys for that, especially that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's a, obviously a good, uh, transition here and I want to give you the opportunity to maybe, uh, just give an overview of obviously I'm sure yeah. a lot of people listening are familiar with special Olympics and maybe they have their own unique experience with special Olympics. Um, and so maybe you could just give us a quick overview, obviously, uh, you're in Colorado, but maybe just an overview of, of special Olympics as a whole, and then what you guys do specifically in Colorado and how that kind of weighs into the, the bigger picture. Absolutely. So first we do so much. So I love the question. I'm so excited to share about it. It's a good it. answer, everyone. I, I'm coming to you from Special Olympics Colorado. So again, I'm the CEO of Special Olympics Colorado, but know what I'm talking about really um, is happening all across the country and all across the globe. So we just sent athletes from Colorado to the World Games. They will be competing against athletes from all over the world. So as Special Olympics Colorado, we are accredited by Special Olympics International and we're an organization that exists to serve and provide opportunities for people with intellectual disabilities. So we're often confused with the, we'd say the five ring Olympics, particularly for those of us that are in Colorado um, or the Paralympics. So we've got the five ring Olympics, the Paralympics, which are for people with physical and intellectual disabilities, but you'd primarily see people with physical disabilities. And Special Olympics is for people with intellectual disabilities. So we're one of three organizations that can use the use the term in Olympics. So again, our athletes are competing year-round. We have 21 different sports here in Colorado, and athletes can begin competing as early as age two hmm. and can play for a lifetime. So again, the athlete that I just mentioned, he's um, he just had a birthday this weekend. He's in his 60s and is still competing. That's awesome. And so that's really important for us. So we of course, have sports and sports is at the core of what we do. We say, though, that we use sports as a catalyst to really impact the entire athlete. 
So as you mentioned at the bio, we have Unified Champion Schools programming. And I'm excited, even since we, I, I clearly need to update the bio, just <laughs> in the past little bit, um, since the start of last school year to the close of this school year. So in one school year, we added more than 126 Unified Champion Schools in Colorado. Wow. We are close to 600 Unified Champion Schools just in Colorado. Whoa. And that's all around creating inclusive and welcoming schools for students of all abilities. And we do that through primarily unified sport, which again brings kids, in this case, students with and without disabilities together as teammates. And I think that's a really important uh, note whenever you hear me talk about unified, they're doing so as teammates. So they're on a level playing field, not meant to be as volunteer recipient or mentor to mentee, but teammates. So we've got that unified champion schools program, We also do a ton of work in health. Special Olympics International globally is the largest provider of healthcare screenings to people with disabilities in the world. So this weekend alone at our state summer games, just in Colorado over a five hour time period, we were able to give out more than 1,060 screenings, health screenings. In areas like vision, dentistry, audiology. And so as an example there, when somebody goes through a vision screening, You can walk away with free prescription glasses. Hmm. And then we do a lot of work on the leadership space. And like I said, we have athlete, Jeff Clark, who he's gone through leadership programming. He's in our athlete leadership university and his capstone project after two and a half years of working in athlete leadership university was to bring pickleball uh, to special olympics colorado and so that's an example of leadership in work we really like to say nothing about us without us and so that really is the mentality where we have athlete feedback and leadership at, at all levels of the organization yeah. god that's really cool i you said you just finished up uh, an event this weekend too. I think that might actually be a, a misconception that can that people can have when it comes to the yeah. Special Olympics. Like there's just the Olympics that happens once every you know maybe year or four years, whatever that is. But that's not the case. There's many events that you guys have. Can you take us through just some of those events? Yes, and Special Olympics Colorado is not unique in a few ways. One that people think when are the Special Olympics, mm-hmm. um, and so like right now we have Special Olympics World Games going on. Those are big world games, the world summer games. Right. World summer games happen every four years. World winter games happen every four years. Also every four years, we have USA games, so national games. Mm-hmm. And then within each state program, we in Colorado alone, we have more than 400 opportunities wow. to train and compete uh, every single year. Um, so this weekend was a very big competition for us. It was our state summer games in Grand Junction over three days where we had more than a thousand athletes, coaches, partners come together for three days of competition, opening ceremony, victory dance, (laughs) health screenings. But that is one of the many uh, events and competitions that we have taking place throughout the year. Even this weekend alone, again, we had a group going to Berlin. We had a unified Rapids team. So we have MLS teams that partner with Special Olympics across the country. So our Special Olympics Unified Rapids team was taking on the Special Olympics Unified uh, MLS team from Orlando. Mm. So our team traveled to Orlando and were competing against the Special Olympics team there. So that was all just in one one weekend. And that is not <laughs> uncommon for a weekend. Yeah. The, the idea of like the unified teams is really cool. And I've heard of it through the MLS. I know the Minnesota team has a unified team where they're, they will like, 
compete on the actual stadium yep. field before a game or right after a game. And it's just, it's so cool to stay and like all the fans stay and do everything they would do for the regular game. And I have to imagine for everyone involved that that's like a life-changing experience to be able to go through. Have you, what, like, I'm sure you have a number of stories of just like really cool moments from that experience. I don't know if you want to, you know, it's- draw them up any. Amazing. I mean, I can yeah. go through amazing moments across the board. The Unified team uh, started here in Colorado, was one of the first teams with the Rapids. And so this season is our 11th season of having the Unified Rapids team. And you're exactly right. They compete before or after, mostly after um, the Rapids game. And this team, they traveled to and from Florida on the team plane. So mm-hmm. with the Rapids, went there. They were in Orlando, so they got to go to uh, Magic Kingdom for the day. Like nice. once a week, <laughs> yeah. For the athletes and, and teams that are, are participating, they sign with the Rapids. Um, they get uniforms, a full kit. Um, so it's a really cool experience. That's now in its eleventh year and has just continued to grow. Really through the support of the MLS and our local team. Mm. I'm really fortunate to have great relationships with the, the professional sports teams out here. Awesome. Way to put it. Magic. I, magic is a good way of putting it. And it kind of leads into my next uh, maybe question or, or just kind of topic around, obviously, you know, the name of our podcast for the love of sport. We talk about it all the time. The, and you, I think you mentioned it too, at the beginning, like you use sport as a vehicle to do so many things. Um, but I do think sport in and of itself provides a lot as well. Mm-hmm. The importance of play, being active, being social, meeting people, of all different, you know, types. That's the unified team. You're not just playing just with people who have intellectual disabilities. You're also playing with others and you're working together and you're communicating. Maybe can you, can you speak to, I'm sure that's at the core and the mission of what you guys do day in and day out. So is there, is there any other, you know, tidbits or things that you've seen firsthand that have kind of lend itself to the importance there? Yeah. I mean, I could, go on and on about the importance of sport and ultimately play, because I do think that sport is rooted in play and sport. We have seen do so much for our athletes, for unified partners. I mean, everything from uh, increasing confidence, of course, forming partnerships. We've also tracked it onto um, skills that make our athletes more prepared for working in the workforce. And we say around 10 to 15% of people with disabilities are employed compared to 60% of our athletes who are employed. And so, yeah, but it starts with play. And that's really why we have uh, our young athletes program as well. As we know that even if someone um, speaks differently, looks differently, acts different, when two kids, in this case, pick up a ball and start playing, those differences really do fade away. And you find ways to not only overcome those differences, but form like meaningful friendships. And I, I think that's something that you'll hear us, everyone within Special Olympics talk about a lot is meaningful involvement, meaningful friendships, meaningful um, engagement, um, because we don't want what we're doing here to just be for fun. Because mm. it's not. I, I can tell you, having seen athletes compete um, this weekend, we had a power lifter. He lifted 570 pounds. Like, oh my goodness. He is out there training and competing. His heart out. And ultimately, though, it is rooted, like it starts with play. And that's where you see so many of these great things and outcomes come. And so I love that. Personally speaking, I love that we work at an organization that is founded in joy and play, um, but is able to take that and translate it into some really profound 
change that you would see. This, this athlete I'm referring to, I, I was just, I was talking to his mother on the weekend and I just commented, it's like, my gosh, watching him compete this weekend, I, he is a changed person from five years ago. Mm. He is smiling. He is outgoing. He is just so confident. And she's like, this has changed his life. Like I just saw him screaming and cheering on his teammates and giving hugs. She's like my son doesn't do that. Mm. He didn't do that. This wow. has changed his, changed his life. And so all of that happens when you, when you're able to form those like genuine, meaningful friendships. Um, and for our young athletes, when we talk about play, it's really important because so often, I mean, really for anyone, but especially for someone with an intellectual disability, you might have a strong desire to play sport. Like I'm going to go out there. I've seen my friends do it. My siblings done it. And if you don't have a good experience, an experience where you feel yeah. safe, where you feel accepted, if you go and you feel like the coach isn't coaching you or doesn't know how to coach you, or if you're being picked last, that's not a good experience. And that will set off for a lifetime a fear um, around sport and anxiety, a distaste. You know, you just won't want to play sport. And so we really want to start our athletes at age two on earliest age possible using the, the foundation of play to make sport fun mm. and enjoyable and feel like a safe space, a, a space where you can excel for now and into the future. So I think play is so important. No, I was just going to say, like you said it, Megan, like it's not just for special Olympics. It, that transcends across all sports. And I feel like a little bit, especially at, at younger ages where we're putting, you know, more and more pressure on younger kids to compete and get the most out of it and win. And at the end of the day, like you can have one bad experience and that could have been someone who yes. grew so much through sport over the next 10 years, but because they didn't have a great experience or that wasn't exactly what they wanted out of it, they're going to, they're going to stop playing. They're going to get burnt out and they're going to end up doing, you know, other things that maybe they'll find a different passion or whatever that looks like. But there is so much growth that can happen through sport that I think like what you said is certainly applicable to every single, you know, sport organization, parent, coach. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Completely. And on the converse, like, kind of like you said, there's so much damage that can come from yeah. one bad experience at a really young age. And so that's really our hope is to avoid that. And we see so many of our athletes go on to continue participating in Special Olympics for a lifetime and move on to, of course, we have unified sports within schools, but they'll try other sports leagues or sports within their school because they have that foundation and that confidence. They've been able to try sports. So we have 21 sports and for our young athletes, they can try all of them. Mm. Yeah. In a really fun setting. And so then they can pick their path and what's interest of interest to them. It's fantastic to sort of, to see that. And I'm wondering, you know, it's fun to see how all these experiences when you're playing as a kid and how that transforms, you know, into your adult life and all these little things of who you are, you can kind of pick back to, you know, little moments when you were a kid and you learned like just some valuable lessons. I'm wondering if, uh, if there's something that you've seen firsthand or if you remember a specific lesson uh, that you learned while playing sports that, you know, that's kind of part of who you are or something that you think about uh, consistently. Huh. I'm trying to think of a specific lesson that I had and I honestly can't think of, of one, but I will say I see it every day in our young athletes. Yeah. And I also see it as I compare it to my own kids and their journey in sport. Mm. So I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old and they're like, we're in the process of figuring out sports and it is challenging. I mean, first from the signing up to sports, to 
making sure they get on a coach? Are they going to play with their friends? Are they going to have a good experience? Are they going to sit out (laughs) the whole time? Mm. It's expensive. And then when I compare that to our special Olympics programs, which I'll note, my kids are able to and do compete on teams. They come to our young athletes camp or I have two neurotypical children, but they're able to join Mm. and participate in all that we do at, at special Olympics. And it's, it is such a different setting and the lessons that are coming from it are, are you belong? Mm. You can succeed. Mm-hmm. You can have fun here. You can try it and fail and try something else where you can fail and try again. And I think those lessons, they see that they see coaches and staff members, there cheering them on, staying with them to throughout their sports journey. So like we have a team here that is watching our young athletes who come on at age two, we have a whole young athletes team that will work with them through age seven, eight, and then internally, we're really working to make sure that when they transition to our more competitive teams, eight, nine, 10, 11, mm-hmm. that internally we know where they're going, where is it going to be a good fit? What teams, what sports are they interested in? And so we really have staff and coaches that are invested in the success of our young athletes all the way through, again, athletes competing into the 60s, 70s and beyond. Um, and so I think it's that investment in their success and really Again, showing that special, this is a place where you belong and, and you matter. And yeah. what more could somebody want? As long as you feel like you have that place, yeah, you can try anything and you feel comfortable to try anything. You mentioned something that I think will resonate very much with a lot of organizations where like we're, when it comes to like the big events or even just running just day to day, we're nothing without volunteers. Like it's just immensely important. We, we need the additional help uh, for sure. And I think, you know, for you guys to be able to manage such a, a large number too, when it comes to like events or, or everything like that is, is really, it's, it's amazing. I think something that I know that a few organizations would love just to tap into and learn more about. And I know that you had talked about how Special Olympics Colorado handles um, volunteers, especially with uh, recruitment, recognition, and retention. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. I mean, I can't say it enough. We are nothing without our volunteers. And so something we've been really trying to do more so is be very targeted in mm-hmm. where we're looking for volunteers and what we're looking for them to do. Because we're a statewide organization, it, it wouldn't behoove us to just focus on recruiting volunteers in the Denver metro area. And again, I'm talking about this is the same across the, the country. Yeah. And so we've really tried to get targeted and saying, okay, we've learned more about the fact that we have a need, a desire for uh, athletes who want to get involved in basketball in Montrose. And so we've even gone to Facebook advertisements or working with local media to say, we're looking for basketball coaches in the Montrose area. We just partnered with a newspaper and social media out in Grand Junction, which is on the Western Slope, to recruit volunteers for our winter game or our summer games, which were out there. So any way that we can get word out, we go to volunteer fairs mm-hmm. all the time. Partner organizations or other groups that work with or serve people with disabilities. We're out there both trying to attract athletes and also volunteers. Because again, we could have a whole team of athletes that are super excited to get uh going in gymnastics. But if we don't have coaches that are interested in tra- coaching gymnastics, we we're, our hands are kind of tied. And so we really, word of mouth is a big part, using our website yep. and then paid advertisements if we need to, partnering with media sources to get to get the word out there. We've partnered with billboards out there, really just trying to get people to see themselves within Special Olympics in any capacity. And we think, you know, going back to the toe dipping, I also encourage people, just try it. Yeah. And 
you will find that it is very fun. It is very gratifying. Our athletes or our volunteers time and time again say they get more out of it than they give because it is, you're able to see athletes succeed. You are able to, I mean, that example of summer games with the powerlifting, like I am just by watching, I, I wasn't even talking to this person just year over year being in the same place, watching the same athlete. Like I am able to visibly see a change in this person and for volunteers and coaches to be a part of that, it is really personally meaningful. So, but any capacity, any way that you want to get involved, give it a try. And there's lots of ways so that you feel comfortable and, it, and it's a fun place. Now, like I said, with sport, you want to make sure you're starting in a, in a fun place or you feel like you belong. And yeah. Same for volunteers. Is there any, you know, final, just maybe wisdom? Obviously, you know, we, from this podcast perspective, we uh, work with a lot of like organizations. A lot of organizations are listening that we'd have talked about that rely on volunteers. They rely on people getting involved. They rely on athletes, you know, signing up for programs. Would you, you know, maybe have any last words or wisdom that you would share just from your own experience with Special Olympics that maybe could trickle down to a very grassroots level at, you know, a local organization? Yeah, there's a few things. One, I would say for us, we've had a, a laser focus on growth of athletes, growth of partners, growth of uh, coaches. And so one, I think setting that goal and we've gotten really creative in how we've done it. And so that is everything. When you talk about grassroots from picking up the phone and calling people to say, hi, I noticed you work with a population that we do. Would you like to meet for coffee? Or is there any way that we could chat with you? Um, So partnerships, I cannot say enough about. And just picking up the phone and getting out there, like that, that's a big thing for us. Just get out of the office and, and go talk to people, see how that they, how they can get involved. So that's one thing is get out there and just ask and invite. Mm-hmm. The other thing, and this is a quote from Eunice Kennedy Shriver, who started Special Olympics. So Eunice Kennedy Shriver, she founded Special Olympics based on her sister who had an intellectual disability. And she would say, make it good, make it fun, make it easy. Or good, make it good, make it easy, make it fun. And I really live by that as well. Yeah. Because from a volunteer, from a participant, if you can make it good, so people can have a good experience, if you can make it easy, so easy enough for somebody to get there, to sign up, to become part of uh, of your organization. And that's something we've been working a lot on is, is making it easier um, and make it fun. Like if it's fun, if somebody comes out and has a great experience, to me, those three things together are a key to success for anybody. I mean, in anything, I mean, I can only hope that this entire experience with being on the podcast has been <laughs> good, easy, and fun. Completely. Yeah. Very easy. Very fun. Yeah, very fun. In those boxes, Marie. We did it. I think it's time for this or that. What do you say, Marie? All right. Let's do it. The fun The fun is just beginning, really. All right. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. I know we've talked about this before, Megan, but we're going to just do the quick rundown one more time. We've got 10 questions. We're going to read them at a very rapid fire pace and we need rapid fire answers and there is no thinking involved. Just gut reactions only. You ready? (laughs) Yes. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Is it pronounced GIF or JIF? JIF. We're team GIF. No right or wrong here. There is no right or wrong. Although GIF is right. Cheese (laughs) or chocolate? Chocolate. Chocolate. Okay. Very good. On a flight. Yeah, on a flight. Are you watching a movie or are you listening to a podcast or music? Probably a movie. Would you rather do a trivia night or a board game night? Board game. Tacos or burritos? 
tacos. Would you rather do the Manitou Incline or Pikes Peak? Which would you prefer? <laughs> Driving. Driving. You can drive up Pikes Peak or there's a, a beautiful cog railway. I've heard. <laughs> Take that. Okay. So no matter what, she's driving. Got it. A sweet potato fries or onion rings? Thin onion rings. Ooh. Ooh. I love like the distinction too. Cuisine, that's but I that's love good. Thin. Yeah. All right. Would you rather have a photographic memory or be fluent in every language? Photographic memory. Because I've always said, if you have a photographic memory and can run fast, you can rule the world. <laughs> All right, last question here, and you you can take your time on this one for sure. Who is your favorite Olympian? Oh. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to give you one. He's a coach. Let's do it. Okay. Mike Krzyzewski. I'm a huge Duke fan. I yes. really respect him as a coach. 100%. Right We're going to have, so just going to announce this now, Megan and I are going to have our own uh, Coach K-Centered podcast coming soon. Coming soon. I will not be a part of that because I am not a Duke fan. I love it. Chapter going to be reading Leading with the Heart, which is one of the best books if you haven't read it yet. By the way, everybody, please read. Uh, And we're going to, yeah, so good. Megan, I just assume you're on board with that. So we'll figure out. 100% on board. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) 100%. One of the coolest people, hands down, of all time. My chef, that's an amazing answer. We're, we have a minute left on, you know, in our time, which is this flew by, but we do want to leave, you know, the floor to our guests here. So, you know, anything that's top of mind, anything you'd like to say, a favorite quote, you know, funny meme, whatever you have on the top of mind, leave it with our listeners. Now, well, I'm going to spend my afternoon looking up if it's a gif or a gif. <laughs> now I'm all concerned, but no, I really appreciate the time. I, I think we talked about, but I would just encourage everybody to, get involved. Something I didn't like if you're a doctor, a medical provider, get involved with our health screenings. If you have a, a child that's in school, ask if their school is a unified champion school and how they can get involved. If you have kids of any age, get them involved in the young athletes program or special Olympics. I, I think it's just, it's a really powerful program that is changing so many lives and doing so through a fun sport, you know, sport and play. And so Join us, is what we would say. Join the inclusion revolution. So thank you. Appreciate it very much. Amazing. Absolutely. I believe my wife would just say pop up. (laughs) Perfect. We're going to adopt that. Another way of saying get involved. Just pop up. Yep. Pop up. Just do it. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Megan. We'll definitely leave the last word there. We appreciate the time. We'll include a bunch of links and everything in the show notes. So make sure to go check that out and yeah, get involved. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Megan. Thank you guys very much. Hey, golfers, book a round anytime in seconds at Golf Now, the number one place to book tee times. Search tee times at more than 11,000 courses worldwide. Read course reviews and ratings and easily book online on the free Golf Now app or on golfnow.com. Get your golf on now with Golf Now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. My goodness, it's always good just to realize how big of an impact that sports can be across every community. And like Absolutely. how it just should not, you know, it should, it should be something and that should be, you know, advocated for and, and promoted more often. And it's something that everyone should take part in. It's, yeah. it's a no brainer. And I, yeah. And I've been a part of special Olympics in a very small way. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. you hear the work Meg is doing and it's just like the impact is so inspirational yeah. and like motivating. And, but even I learned something in my conversation uh, or sorry, in our conversation that we had with her is just like 
the breadth of things that they're doing. It's not just like a single event or a single thing. It's like they have programming set up to help uh, facilitate the sports, but also like you heard when she talked about the crazy stat of like, they are the number one provider of screenings mm-hmm. for that specific like group of youth at, it was just nuts. I, I'm gonna, I don't want to misspeak because I, I, I said I, it way better. So just rewind I, and go listen to it again. But that was super interesting to hear yeah. that. And it's like, you would never think at its for like right away, like that provides that just through sports. Mm-hmm. It's a microcosm for life, Simon. Anytime I can say it, I will. Absolutely. So I'm going to say it again. Say it again. Yeah, it was great. It is sports are a microcosm of life. True story. Like, I can't be any better better said yeah. than that. And, you know, she's she was a joy to, to talk with. And Absolutely. Super insightful and super uh, humbling to get the chance to talk to her and, and learn more about that. So, yeah. Uh, and shout out to our, our uh, friends at the U.S. Center for Safe Sport, Ben, mm-hmm. who's the director of marketing over there. He was the one who connected us with Megan. Without that, we would have uh, yeah. would have never gotten the chance to talk to her. So that's just another shout out that if you, dear listener, have anyone that you know in your world, in your youth sports world, that you think would be a really great fit for the show or that has you know, wisdom to share, which there are so many people out there who have far more wisdom than Simon and I, we love to have them on the show (laughs) so that we can, uh, we can have a conversation with them and learn a thing or two. Absolutely. Let's tie a nice bow on this one for sure. This has been another episode of for the love of sport. As always, feel free to send over an email out to us at ftlospod at nbcuni.com with any questions, with any stories from the pitch, with any uh, questions for advice uh, from either us or our guests. We love hearing from you. So don't shy away from uh, from reaching out to us because if we don't know the answer or have anything to comment on, I'm sure that our guests absolutely will. This podcast would not be possible without the people behind the scenes uh, making this whole thing run. We've got the excellent Kelsey Irwin, who helps produce and promote the wonderful Joe Brzonic, who helps uh, with the producing as well as putting together show notes and summary notes and everything that you guys see uh, while you are pressing play and reading more about the podcast. And certainly cannot go without saying... uh, now we can say he is an Emmy award-winning sound producer, Troy oh Stone. Hey, Emmy award-winning. Hey, I wish it was for the podcast, but it's <laughs> but it's not. not but he's a part of a lot of awesome projects, <laughs> and we are lucky enough to have him helping us uh, produce this and, and making us sound wonderful. Absolutely. Uh, and of course, to you, uh, Simon, my co-host. Thank you yet again for another wonderful episode of uh, For the Low Sport. And to you, Marie. And to and to you, good sir. <laughs> Stay tuned for our next episode, which will be coming out shortly. We've got a fantastic guest and a little sneak peek. We're going to talk all about social media, mm. youth sports photography. Let's go. How it all works together, how you can use it at your organization. We can't wait. It's going to be a great one. We will see you then. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.